0: The Spielman & Huli We Tackle Life Podcast is a service of Flashes O' Fun Photography. Affordable senior pictures, family pictures, pet pictures, book online, flashes FlashesO, not of, fun.com, and Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Order online, HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. We
1: shake the hand of the coffee grower. on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast.
2: Our friend Joe Dumas is watching live on Facebook. Joe Dumas, the greatest <laughs> behind-the-back pass in the history of Ohio State basketball. Joe knows I'm going to shout him out for
0: that pass oh, yeah. in Hawaii.
2: He's the best inbounds passer Ohio State ever had. Joe in, Dumas. Um,
0: Joe's got to hook us up with some of his many sponsors. Well, I'll follow his Twitter. He's he's talking car washes and restaurants and all that. Well, he's j- a man of the people. Joe is a man of the people. And uh, Joe sent me a link to uh, AboveAndBeyondLimousine.com. Yeah, that's it who... He says uh, it's not just a slogan. That's it true. It is a mindset, above and beyond. Hopefully, uh, that's our mindset, although we can't steal that or Joe will sue us for trademarking. <laughs> well, I'm sure
2: he will. He's. Uh, I talked to him after the show, former Ohio State basketball player, and wants to come on and share his battle with alcoholism over the years and... How he's overcome and mm-hmm. what he's trying to do, so... He it, sent
0: me a nice couple of texts, and then we chatted by phone. And, oh, you did? And there appears to be a little more to the story of Joe Dumas and Chris Spielman than you have disclosed on the podcast, which Joe, I will let disclose when he joins us on the podcast, okay? I hope it's nothing bad. It is definitely not anything bad. Hmm. Not anything It bad. just,
2: well... Very good. It makes you look very good. Wow. Yeah, if, true, <laughs> if, if true, if true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's everybody's perspective.
0: Everybody's man. perspective. Well, welcome to a Wednesday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast. Spielman and Hooley with you. We'll have uh, CBJ captain Nick Felino sometime in the show today. Uh, 720-ish, 730-ish. That's not the time. I shouldn't even give you that time because you'll be like, where? I'm looking at the seven-minute yeah. mark. It's not there. Uh, that's the time of the morning that we record the podcast. So once we record the podcast and post it, I will release on social media the point of the podcast where Nick joins. So you can fast forward to that. If you like faith uh, portion of the podcast may appear a little earlier today because Nick might time up uh, with the end of the podcast today um we have a lot of good emails today that uh, I've been remiss in sharing so we're going to share some of the emails but let's start with the passing of I hope you're aware of this I hope I'm not the person to tell you I just saw on Twitter this morning Matt McCoy expressing his condolences to uh, the family of Bill Miles former Ohio State I, heard, I did hear that. athletic director uh, athletic assistant athletic director longtime football coach under Woody Hayes and Earl Bruce
2: yeah I, I mean everybody that came through the building at Ohio State as a football player understood who Bill Miles definitely commanding was. Uh, a
0: commanding presence and
2: but what he meant to the program and how much he loved uh, Ohio State and was the ultimate team guy and I think of coach Miles in and fondest of ways and you know I, I, I love the fact that he still worked at Ohio State for a very long time I know he had some health issues back in the 90s I think he had a stroke uh, if I'm not mistaken but coach is uh, is a guy that had a, a big impact on me and many of us, especially as freshmen. He was always in charge of riding the freshman bus and mm. teaching everybody the fight song. Yeah, he gets you in line. He's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and commanding
0: it, deep voice presence.
2: And uh, he just uh, he did. He just had a presence about him, and I thought that Woody Hayes made a great hire when he hired Coach Miles. I think Coach Miles also worked for Tom Osborne mm. out at Nebraska, so he had some pretty good. Mentors to look up to, and, of course, uh, Bill Miles. But Jim Lachey is a friend of ours, and Jim had Coach Miles as a coach. and yeah. Kirk you know, Loudermilk, a lot of yeah. Buckeye
0: linemen in the uh, 80s and late 70s would have benefited from Bill's position coach, tutelage.
2: Yeah, and back then, you know, offensive lineman duties as a coach were broken up. I don't know if you recall this. Guards, but... tackles, yeah. Guards, guard, no, guards, guards and, and centers, centers tackles, tackles and tight and ends, ends yes. were were. How the offensive linemen were, were coached. It wasn't always well. He's no line coach. Well, mm-hmm. he was, but he was a tackles and tight ends coach yeah. for a very long time. But uh, rest in peace, Coach Miles. You deserve it. God bless you, brother.
0: Bill had a very endearing habit of uh, malaprops. He would say say one thing and mean another. And I remember one time he was having a conversation with somebody. And he was talking about a restaurant. and He said at Bob Smith's. He <laughs> meant Bob Evans. Yeah. But that was just that was Bill. Bill was a really neat guy and uh, always. Um, very friendly yeah very down to earth gentleman i would say gentleman definitely applies sure yeah. um and just uh, fun, I have fond memories of Bill Miles, really neat yeah. guy who was there uh, when I started on the beat uh, in the late 1980s. I uh, might notice a new flag on the uh, laptop today. We want to shout out our friends at auinfo.com in Akron. Shout them out because we're ramping back up. Small businesses are getting back up. We're going to restaurants are now today, what, doing right? outdoor dining.
2: Yeah, outdoor dining. I believe and we're, we're starting in social indoor. distancing. Yeah. yeah, I think. 25% capacity. Cool. Well, I don't know all the rules anymore. I'm no, nobody's I'm just does. going to live you know life. who does know the rules? Chrissy
0: and yeah. her team at AUI Info. So if you are a uh, small business owner and you're trying to find out um, what is going on with uh, compliance issues and all these other things, uh, then you need to get with AUI and she will tell you, Who, what, when, where, why, save you all that time on the phone, uh, give you all the answers, make sure that you are compliant with everything that needs to be done. And AUI Info is a phenomenal, phenomenal organization, and they offer ongoing education. So uh, continue to uh, keep that in mind when you think about small business issues, AUIinfo.com. Very nice. Now, um, we got some weird... We're trying to do a podcast without overloading it with covid stuff. The problem is covid overloads our society and covid intersects with sports. And so we have to do some covid if we're going to do sports and it's just mixed signals all over the place on 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 covid and on mm-hmm. sports. And we've got for instance when I say all over the place we have Arizona opening up to pro sports on May 15th. May 15th. That's two days from now that pro sports can play in Arizona.
2: Spring training. Here we come.
0: But California says we're locking down
2: for three more months That's L.A. County. I'm not sure if it's California. Okay.
0: Well, L.A. County is pretty significant when it comes to pro sports because that's...
2: It's the Chargers.
0: Dodgers. It's the Chargers. It's the Rams. It's the Lakers. It's the Clippers. Yep. And the last time I looked on a map, California and Arizona, pretty close to each other. I've driven to California from Arizona, and it doesn't take me long.
2: Uh, I believe Phoenix to L.A. is five and a half to six hours. Yes. Yeah. It's um, not that long to San Diego. I, you know, like there, there is there is a population difference, obviously, and per- people on top of each other. I get all that. But, you know, there's got to be a point in time where you have to uh, just move forward and understand the risk involved with living life because if you're not living or you're living like this and you're, you're, mis- you're dying because you're not doing anything and you're letting COVID become... Uh, your master to be honest with you and i'm not saying i'm not trying to kill grandma i'm not being disrespectful i understand all of that and I, hopefully i live a, a respectful way where i understand the risk involved but all life involve risk some way somehow and so if you're letting covid constantly dictate And you constantly move the goalpost. Everybody in our country did a tremendous job for the month of March and April Mm -hmm. of, quote, unquote, flattening the curve. Now they're worried about a second surge. Well, you know, you look at the evidence that you have, and I think you make decisions based off of that. And if I were ever to be consulted on this, which I'm not an expert, but like anybody, I read and form an opinion. My opinion would be do all we can to protect the elderly, and people that are more vulnerable from what we know and the information that we have. Interesting stat, I think 49% of all deaths that occurred in America uh, occurred in assisted care facilities. Yeah. And so what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing? There's risk involved in everything, and I wish I could say that everybody that's healthy today will be healthy tomorrow tomorrow. That will not be the case. Somebody that doesn't have cancer today will have cancer tomorrow. That is the life that we live. That is just living mm-hmm. life. But you can do all kind of precautions to protect yourself the best way you can. But at what point do we say uh, we can't do this anymore? We can't. Well, and-
0: I mean, I just don't know. Uh, to the point of absurdity, and again, this is not anything official. I'm just telling I'm sharing information that's been shared with me. Mm-hmm. I was in Cleveland the last two days working up there, um, on a project. So I stayed overnight with a friend in Medina on Monday night. So my daughter, my oldest daughter, who's a pretty good soccer player. Very good. Monday night had a call. College player. Will be a college player. Will be a college player with her club director. Mm-hmm. The guy who's over all the age group teams. And he said, you know, it's not going to be any high school soccer in the fall. Well, I It's too far away, I think, to make that statement. But he said, you know, we'll have club in the fall. Well, okay, that's a consolation, Mm -hmm. but not games. No contact allowed, and only 10 people at a practice counting the coach. And this was the part why I bring it up, the absurdity of it. He said, if your mom drives you to practice, doesn't get out of the car, but sits in a car, sits in the car, she counts as one of the 10. So if some of the I can't be right, if some of the kids, which most of the kids don't drive, so if four kids come and four parents, or you know five kids come and five parents bring them, well then they got a problem, they can't have a practice because the coach counts as one, so yeah. then they got 11. So it's like you know but the moms count if they sit in a car 50
2: yards from the field with the windows closed. So you want to know what I if I were in your position, what I would seriously consider doing? I know you won't do this, but I'm just putting myself, if Chris is where you are and I have a daughter who's a soccer player, I'm looking at the map and I'm saying, all right, what state yes. has schools open and sports open? I'm looking at that. And I am going to live down there for the soccer If season. I could economically f- swing I'm it. I'm just going to get an apartment down there for...
0: I would do it. Yeah. I would. I would, you know, I, this, or I'd let her, I'll send her to
2: Arizona Arizona, so she can live with her grandparents. Yeah, go live with her grandparents. Send her to school for a semester. Go live with She's her grandparents. She's homeschooled, so she can school anywhere. Well, send her to, yeah, send her to Arizona. That wouldn't even be an option. I mean, because we're, we're, we're taking, we're letting what-ifs dictate our life. And it's driving me crazy, and it's driving you crazy. That doesn't mean. Once again, and this is the last time I'm going. I'm going to put this disclaimer on it. I don't want people to die. I'm not looking for people to die. I don't want, but I also want people to live. And when you're talking about, that's even that's so absurd. What that coach suggested, it it's, just, it's it's not even. And I'm sure he's getting it from somebody above him. I, I don't know who he's getting it from, but it's absurd. And it's ridiculous don't have it just don't have it yeah just right. just come out don't don't she said i don't i don't want to go to practice
0: no, i want to play you go go to arizona. practice so you can play you know, she's like if i can't play a
2: game what's the point i can train at home yep yeah, get go to arizona i would yeah. tell you go to, go to arizona live with your grandparents and play and we'll do homeschooling however we've been doing it
0: anthony fauci top medical guy in the country i don't know his exact title uh says it would be a, quote, bridge too far to expect students to be on campus in the fall at colleges. I think there are some sports that would seem to me to be safer than others. Tennis. I would have to know how somebody could become infected by their opponent playing tennis. Maybe you can't come to the net anymore. You might be too close to your opponent. Maybe the ball communicates the virus. I don't know. Anything's possible in this absurd world we live how would you feel about some sports playing in the fall in college Ohio State let's say has tennis they have golf obviously can't have soccer because there's just too much communicable disease threat but not have football do you think colleges would do that or it's like we're going to have everything or we're
2: going to have nothing I think some would probably do that Uh, I don't think Ohio State would do that do you I said yesterday there's no way they'll have sports if they
0: can't have football. But if they could have football and they couldn't have other sports, I don't mean they would want to. I'm meaning, like, let's say there was some weird thing going on where they could Mm -hmm. sequester the football team, but it would be untenable to do it with all the other teams, the cost or whatever. Football they would do. And I don't mean that as a, hey, football's king and all the rest of you guys eat the scraps. They got to have football to pay for everything. Right. The MAC has announced no, no conference tournaments in, like, eight sports from here on out going forward. Soccer, I don't want to give the exact—I know soccer's one of them. No league—no MAC tournament in soccer. Their, their men's and women's basketball tournaments used to play at campus sites for the first round, and then right. they'd all advance to Cleveland. Now they're just advancing the top eight in the league to Cleveland and no campus sites. John, is it Bresher? Steinbrecher, the uh, commissioner, says this is all a result of money woes brought on by COVID. Now, that struck me because what kind of money woes have they experienced so far from COVID? Basketball revenue. Yeah. Conference tournament revenue and NCAA tournament, you know, kicking it out to the conferences when they make. So if basketball revenue. Being denied that has forced these kinds of changes at a the max not you know, max D one.
2: Yeah. Max just it's not power five, but it's D one. better tell Mace you better get in the top eight if you want to be in a <laughs> conference tournament. But I'm saying if basketball revenue denied the schools has forced these kinds
0: of radical, stark changes, imagine what a adjustment to the competitive calendar would look like if they can't play football. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know who's going to make that decision whether they can or can't play or whether some play or some don't play. Maybe the Southeast Conference is the only conference in, in the country that plays. Well, for a while, Gene Smith Gene Smith said on the last conference
0: call that I had, now, granted, this has been a month ago, but Gene said the decision to play college football would be a national decision. I don't believe that. That it would not be a conference decision. No. Yeah, but I, I think, and again, I'm not saying, hey, Gene Smith was wrong.
2: <clears throat> I'm know. saying
0: this was the, all we can go on is what he said the, the the most recent time we talked to him. And that was the most recent time we talked to him. I don't have knowledge of him making any kind of different statement since then. Um, but it seems to me that that cannot be a national decision to play football. It has to be a conference decision. It's kind of similar to the whole like, are the feds in charge or are the states in charge? Mm-hmm. And we you know we're a, we're a republic hopefully the states are in charge hopefully they would allow the conferences to make
2: those decisions i mean that only time will answer those questions and they still have the benefit of time as you stated um football has to get started in early july if they want to have a season you got to give these kids an opportunity to, to train and get their bodies used to playing a season and all of that so i have i have no idea what college is doing I really don't. I know the NFL has got ideas, and they're going to play. And, you know, baseball is supposed to start up in July. NASCAR is starting up this week. And I know um, if you read some of the sports sites that the Chargers, the Rams, the 49ers are looking at alternative states to have training camp in, Mm -hmm. set up a headquarters, they're playing. And, And so there's too much money to be made not to play when when you have a, if you're 45 and under and you have a 99.999% chance of surviving this disease, why wouldn't you play? When the people that are affected most are living in long ter- long-term care facilities and that's half of your mortality rate in this country, why wouldn't you play? When the state of Ohio and, and the mortality rate in children is, is higher than the mortality rate or less than the mortality rate of people 45 and under. 99.99999 percent. What what are we doing here? Are we So we're going to live in fear the rest of our life. It's going to be here. So eventually you have to make the decision, okay, we have to take every precaution necessary. And start living again. My one of my uh, nieces is a school teacher in the Cincinnati area. They're talking about how they're going to reopen school. They have a couple of alternatives: continue to homeschool, which I don't think is an option. Number two, do the two day a week thing and two days at home, which I don't think is an option. And number because uh, every parent in this country can't afford to hire tutors, no, or to hire babysitters to do the school. It's not going to happen. So I, I think the option is all right, well, we get sinks in every classroom, and every hour everybody washes their hands. Most schoolrooms I've been in lately have sinks. Okay, everybody do yeah. everybody does that. Everybody sanitize every so, hour. I mean we have to we have to make a country or have to make a decision and it's not There's not an easy decision to make in this. Whether you're closing down or you want to open up, it's not easy. There's going to be casualty no matter what. There's not a win. It's just, okay, how can we find that happy medium which everybody's talking about? And to me, it's simple. You protect the most vulnerable that you can, and the people that are around people that are vulnerable have to take maybe more precautions, and normal, and what you do, and where you decide to go, and who you're around, and all that. But you cannot shut down life. Because if you shut down life, we're not living. We're existing, that's it. We're just existing, and surviving, and fighting something that people 45 and under have a 99.9% chance of making it through. Yeah. And the, the curve has been flattened. When you, when you start furloughing nurses, when the Mount Mount Car- Car- people in when, when Mount Carmel has healthcare system has a total of 26 COVID patients in it, what are we doing? Overreacting, in my opinion. Uh, if you're one of the unfortunate
0: few who gets arrested for uh, you know, going to a beach or whatever, we got the people who can help you out. Willis Spangler Starling attorneys, uh, A little bit facetious there. More than a little bit. But uh, Willis Spangler Starling can help you with workman's compensation, social security, disability, wills, estate planning, personal injury, employment law. They are a full-service law firm there. Names you should remember, Willis Spangler Starling. They are in Hilliard, easy to find. I know the uh, partners personally, great people, high integrity and character. You want an attorney you can trust, you want Willis Spangler Starling, look at them online at willisattorneys.com, W-I-L-L-I-S, willisattorneys.com, and tell them that you are a uh, listener to the Spielman & Hooley podcast. Please note that. When you get a hold of Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys, the attorney you need to know for your lifetime because it can handle pretty much any issue that comes up, willisattorneys.com. Let's go to some emails before we get to Nick Flea. Sure from trooper randy uh just listen to friday's podcast with tom ryan very powerful goes to show you never know the cross someone is carrying from the outside he has one of the most successful wrestling programs in the country we don't know what he carries with him every day that's a lesson i try to communicate to our trainees don't be a robot when you stop someone you have to ask questions and find out why they did what they did
2: yeah a lot of those guys are robots not that i've ever been stopped uh, Randy <laughs> a does a lot <laughs> of
0: Randy's done a lot of training with the Ohio state athletic program. And he said he works with, uh, has worked in the past with Riley Ross of the wrestling program says he's an amazing person. One of the most brilliant people I've ever met trained and tested special forces for the United States before coming to OSU. That's the real deal. Yeah. You get the best of the best. Uh, he got a chance to speak to the team last year. Randy did, uh, and, um, so we appreciate Randy's emails mm-hmm. and I would read more of it, but, uh, we've got a bunch more that I wanted to share. Uh, Randy's a good man. Really appreciate meeting him. And, um, uh, remember his children's names, Scarlett and Grayson. Yeah. Randy's a legit fan. <laughs> Doubt in. Uh, this is from John. I want to thank you both for a great podcast today. I don't know what day he's talking about. You're sharing of your faith, what you do and how you go about it. That help offers help to people's very meaningful. He says, Bruce, I particularly enjoyed your story today, sharing how you struggled after releasing the book about Chris and Stephanie. Uh, It didn't go as you expected. It does inspire me, and that is awesome, and I'm thankful. I like uh, how Chris talks about his faith. Uh, He says he's trying to run his own podcast now, keep up the good work. He says, by the way, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is awesome. My wife and I now subscribe and get a month's (laughs) supply. There you go, John. How's the uh, Hunter's Blend and the uh, Very nice. House Blend? Very nice. Excellent. Do you have a is, – is it I, jumped over any of your favorites? I just or? grab whatever pot I – See, this is what I don't know about coffee because I'm not a connoisseur. Do they all taste remarkably different? How would you explain it? The difference between Coke and Sprite or the no. difference between Coke and Diet Coke or yeah, Coke and Pepsi? Uh, you would know – Coffee?
2: You would – I would say this. You would know. You know it's coffee when you drink it, but there's just little subtle differences yeah. in taste.
0: So this is from this is from RGW. He says, I didn't get to listen to the show until this morning. Great show as usual. What I got from the conversation was Bruce's passion for the Lord causes him to see the ending of the movie Schindler's List, where he is agonizing that he could have done more. Good point. Uh, He says, you don't want Michael Jordan or Tiger or anyone that has a great platform to be at the end of their time. Feeling that agony, I could have done more. I think like Chris, God knows their hearts. Uh, each one of them has a ripple effect, and they may have already touched that one person they were supposed to touch, or they might not have done that just yet. He says, "Under either way, I understand the point you were trying to make. Don't let it beat you up. I think both of us have uh,
2: legitimate points in
0: that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought the conversation was it was interesting to me, which you hope when a conversation is interesting to you, it's interesting to the listeners. Mm-hmm.
2: We've gotten some pretty good feedback about it. I was just curious, that did you think that Michael Jordan was a bad teammate? Um.
0: No, I don't think he was a bad teammate. I think he was unpleasant. Can he be unpleasant without being bad? You can be a great unpleasant teammate. Yeah,
2: because well, I mean, I I team. I
0: didn't see this, but somebody told me. Was it Will Purdue who said Jordan was a word that I wouldn't want mm-hmm. to describe me? Although I'm sure it has been appropriate <laughs> more than a few times. Uh. Final email before we get to Nick Foligno. He says, from Brandon, he says, Your message on how you thought God would take Spielman's life story and use it to make such a difference on a global scale hit home with me. I can see your frustration. You both made great points about God's timing and uh, how God might not allow you that to happen because neither either one of you couldn't handle it. He liked, I like the point of God has used it to reach a number of individuals, so be content with that. Uh, Brandon says he has uh, some short stories and poetry. He's had the similar frustration, but he said this inspires him, our conversation to keep plugging away at it. Good. That's, That's excellent. excellent. Fantastic. Absolutely. Um, captain of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Nick Foligno is standing by. I need to call him.
2: You have your uh, Columbus Blue Jackets sweatshirt on. Oh, of course I do. Why would I not do but, that? Dial in to talk to the captain and yeah. see if there's any even news on the, the NHL. Even the
0: captain can't, See what I'm wearing.
2: Everybody, you, they should just you go. You can tell him what I'm wearing. They should just go to North Dakota or South Dakota, Montana. Yeah. Do the NHL playoffs. So we just call him live on the air? Is that yeah. permitted? Yeah, he's
0: fine. I think the thing will hear it. Yeah, there we go. There Let's go. see if Nick's uh, answering his phone this morning. He said Hello. he'd go early. Hey, Nick, how you doing?
1: Very well. How are you doing?
0: Great. We're on the uh, Spielman-Hooley up, uh, We Tackle Life podcast. Hey. Here's Mr. Spielman. I need to congratulate you, Nick. I hear there's a
1: stalker leaving your neighborhood. Yeah, you know what, we finally got him out of there, so we I heard you're selling thrilled as a community. We came together and got this guy out of (laughs) here. I
2: heard you're selling the house because the property values are just going up as soon as I leave.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We were we were sad to see you go, my friend, but yeah. I'm happy for you. Well,
2: I'm a mile away, Nick, so don't don't yeah. worry. I'll still be driving I by know. beeping my but horn. But in UA, it's like, yeah.
1: like a half <laughs> that's, hour that's a mile away. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Nick, what are you doing these days The train? Could you play a hockey game today if you needed to?
1: Oh, yeah. Mind over matter. No, you know what? That's one thing I've always uh, – you know, I try to keep myself in good shape, and I'm lucky I have a gym here, so I've been – you know, doing what I need to do to stay physically ready. Obviously the skill part is just something that you have to work with and puck touches. And I'm sure like any, any sport, the more touches you have, the better you feel. But uh, I always feel like it's something that comes back. This reminds me a lot of, uh, you know, when I was a kid, this is what you used to do, right? Go try and play other sports while you're, you know, away from hockey. And then when you pick it back up, you're so excited to grab that stick again and put the skates on that, uh, you know, I'm sure I'll be looking forward to it when the time comes.
2: I saw Nick when the NBA had a conference call yesterday amongst their players and they're trying to find a way to get back. What's what's the latest on the NHL and trying to or anything that we should know or don't know about maybe the NHL trying to resume?
1: Yeah, well, I think you know it's been well documented just the the return to play group that we've kind of put together There's about 5 players I believe on the, on the call along with the league and they've been meeting on the regular uh, trying to figure out how to move into we have been talking about just phase two. You know, I think we're we're being smart and not trying to look too far ahead uh with everything that's going on. So we're just phase two is, is small groups, um, you know, and, and going into the rink and being able to skate and work out and I think in, in groups of four, uh, where everyone's kinda got their own spot in the in the in the arena and uh we can start, you know, getting on the ice and doing things like that. So um the biggest thing I think is just the testing part and you know, trying to figure out the safety aspect and you know, I respect the guys as much as we all want to play. It's it's doing it the right way, so we're not hurting ourselves and and you know hurting the community as well. So, um, you know, I think I think that's what's nice is everyone's you know as much as I'm sure everyone's really tired of this and and they realize the importance of what's going on and uh, and why we've been able to kind of keep this you know the spread uh, contained, so to speak, in our community, especially. So uh, we're being really cognizant of that. And I appreciate their work because I'm sure it's not easy trying to think of every single scenario. It's got to be brutal, um, but necessary. So I I don't really have a report other than we're just trying to move into phase two. Hopefully, you know, there's talk by the end of the month, but, you know, that's remains to be seen.
0: What are the complications, Nick, for uh, hockey? I'm You're so much more uh, immersed and involved in all the aspects of it. The one thing I was thinking of was guys who are in the last year of their contract, you know, they want to go out there and they want to, you know, show what they've got and prove – to other teams that might be looking at them that, uh, you know, they've still got it or that they're worth a bigger role on a team and stuff like that. that's the one thing I think about, but are there missing aspects to this and impact of it, you know, maybe on individual players or on organizations that people don't see from a complete shutdown of the sport?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, that's one bit, the business side for sure. I, you know, I'm going in my last year, my deal next season as well. So there's a lot of things that, you know, you're thinking about And as older players, you start thinking about how many years you have left and, uh, you know that's that's the hard part of, of just that aspect there's a lot of guys that you know they're they're on the back nine so to speak so um you think about them but then the the biggest thing i think about is the the core groups you know the, the in our league now it's hard to keep teams together for a long time so you have these windows to win it seems like and um i think that's the one that that gets missed and and let, you know, less talked about is just because you know, there's there's these groups that you have, and you you're having a chance to trend towards winning another cup or uh, to win your first one, and uh, this is your window, so to speak, and to have this kind of hit is it's it throws a you know a curveball in, in the whole plans. I'm sure for the organization and for the players. So um, you know that's the hard part. We're lucky. I mean, we're we're a younger team, that I think, is just starting to hit our uh, our window, and that's exciting for us. But you know, you still want to gain that experience like we got from Tampa and Boston series and start moving forward in that regard. and uh, the only way by doing that is is playing and going far in the playoffs. So, that's stuff that I think guys are are you know hoping we can get back to and and you know start getting that experience and and becoming that team that we envision.
2: Um, Nick, on this podcast, it's called We Tackle Life, and we kind of talk about we we try to. And if you're not comfortable, that's fine. But I know that you have a foundation set up for your for your late mother, uh, Janet, and I know that you've been through through some trials in. Tribulations. And what we try to do is kind of offer our own experiences so that people that are going through something similar um, can maybe use our experiences. Or, you know, I always like to say that when somebody hears my story, might hear your story or Bruce's story, that it's relatable to them and it might help them get through uh, certain. Difficult situations with you losing yeah. your, your mom, of course, and uh, I know that you, one of one of your children has had some health issues and challenges. Can you maybe go into that about the mindset of Nick Felino, the person, on how yeah. you've dealt with all that?
1: Yeah, I think uh, like anything, it's trial and error. Unfortunately for me, I I remember I was young. Uh, I think it was 21 or 22 at the time when my mom passed away uh so yeah 22 actually and uh you know just my my response to that situation i, I couldn't stand you know i was so mad at myself just because well first of all i never dealt with a loss like that and so uh you know when i when everything happened and you, you lose your your family member and uh you know you're you're mourning and you know somebody that's such a, a a rock in your family um it shook me you know and i what i didn't like though was how i responded you know i became you know, press, which is, which is a natural feeling. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. I don't have the life tools at that point to deal with it. But, um, you know, for myself, I I prided myself on being this upbeat, uh, you know, you know, exciting person, fun and loving. And I could find myself, you know, pulling back and, um, you know, not having that same joy, even with hockey, even with life, you know, I just, I found that that, like who I prided myself in being, I wasn't quite that same person the the following year, uh, it kind of lingered for a while. And, you know, I had a really honest conversation with my father, and luckily, I have a support network around me that was able to kind of pull me out of that. Um, and then I got back to being myself, and I think I bring that up because you know, then I go into this, uh, you know, this this time with my daughter where she has a health, you know, risk, and uh, you know all these all these things going on with her now, and I felt I was more prepared. To handle that because of going through what I went through with my mother. I said, I didn't want to have the same outcome. I didn't want to have the same response to it. And uh, I wanted to be a, you know, a, a rock for my family. I wanted to make sure I was providing the strength and support that they needed. And, uh, and, you know, I became faithful and, you know, I think you pull away when things go wrong sometimes. And I went back to that and, and really leaned on that because a lot of it is out of our hands and you know, it's just right. how you respond to things. and um, You know, and, and so once I kind of accepted that and embraced that, uh, you know, I really learned a lot about myself and, and how you know I need to be as a person, and and you know the way I can lead, and um, you know, and obviously the outcome became you know great for my daughter, and she's doing really well, and, and that's helped me. But uh, just just that, I think is is something that in life I've realized that there's sometimes you gotta you gotta be okay with with allowing others to take the lead at certain points, and you know, it, it's not a you know it's not a knock on you. I think it helps you get through things and. Um, it's one thing that, uh, you know, I think it being, allowed me to be stronger when I did have to you know, step in and help out and take the lead again. So, um, you know, that's that's something that, you know, I wish for everyone, anyone going through a hard time. I hope they understand that sometimes it's OK to feel vulnerable and, uh, you know, and accept that. But but then, you know, find a way to get back in that leading position and, and you know, and take off in your life and. Uh, it's something that I've been able to do and fortunate to have the people around me to help me do that.
2: You know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you mentioned the word faithful, and, and for some reason, um, you know, I don't know where hockey has come with this. I've talked to you about Luke Richardson a little bit, and kind of he's been on a faith journey as, as the older he gets. If if you're comfortable, maybe kind of just give us a overlay of of your faith journey and where it was, where it is, or is it something uh, that's been important in your life?
1: Oh, always, yeah. I mean, I was raised Catholic, still am. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think what's nice is that, uh, you know, for us in the league, I, I don't really associate, I don't care what I, if I'm getting some sort of teaching from Scripture or, or anything. We have a chapel that we work with a, a pastor here in town at, at the rink, and it's just great to hear the Word and, and be able to kind of, you know, take your own uh, you know thoughts and advice from it and and that's what I think it is it's learning about yourself through God and um, you know I'm not afraid to talk about that and and you know, embrace that And I think it's something that you're starting to see more of in our sport which is important I think other sports have really embraced that you know you see teams sitting down to pray before games or after games and, um, you know I, I think it's 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 part of everyone's journey and, and I'm not forcing it on anyone I, I know it's uh, you know, but I know it It works for me. It gives right. me a sense of there's a higher purpose. And I think that's so important in life to, to stay humble that way and understand this is bigger than you. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm continuing on that journey, you know, my kids and, you know, you want to, you want to give them that part of their foundation and then let them you know explore at their age. And, um, so it's been, it's been fun to see it through their eyes and live that and, and, you know, try to be a leader in that aspect for them and, uh yeah so it's it's always a constant journey i think as you know yeah um mm-hmm. but one that i'm proud to, to go on and and know it'll be worthwhile come the end
2: i think the the phrase that you're looking for and bruce and i embraced this and this is was actually in with my marriage to stephanie was um when we really went on a journey where you got to make decisions right you either run to god or you run away from god one of the two is going to happen in, in yeah. my opinion and so you make a decision in Carrie now and whoever is that it's our job to uh, expose what we believe but not impose what we Great believe point. and I think from it just has always fascinated fascinated me that I, I don't understand um maybe there's in, some insight because this is interesting to me why why hockey is kind of has been kind of slow to come around to uh, I'm, I'm not saying like you, everybody go to the uh, be ministers in a hockey rink. But what do you th- what's the what do you think the reason for the delay of hockey kind of embracing the faith part of being on a professional sports team?
1: You know, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was looked at, and I, I want to say this you know, correctly because I think even the guys that came before me would agree with this. I don't know if it was looked at as some way of being soft originally for mm-hmm. some reason in our league. Um, you know if, if you're faithful, you're not going to go out and do the things necessary to to you know fight and and kick and kick and punch and whatever you need to win. and I think that was just totally misconstrued. you know, I don't think you're a soft person. I think you're a powerful person and <laughs> you have God behind you. so uh, you know I think that's been proven over and over with some of the examples we've had in our league like a, you know a great example is Mike Fisher. I mean he's a, he's a Christian guy, but he's you know he's a guy that played the game hard and fought and, and hit and you know so you got, you got these examples now of oh this is and I think you're starting to see more guys become faithful. We have a good following uh of Christian players in the league and um so you know whatever your denomination I don't you know I don't think that I matters. I think it's just uh <laughs> I think it's just more about you know your your passion for God and, and I think that's where you're starting to see our our league um you know really embrace that and and you're seeing more guys every year accept that and uh you know and then be a part of it and that's that's what you want, you know. This is I think everyone agrees there's more to life than hockey and you're going to realize that you don't, I don't, I don't want to define myself as a hockey player uh, right now. Yes. But I'm a man of God I'm a man of my family. And uh, that'll take me a lot further than this will.
0: Hey Nick, we really appreciate you joining us before I let you go. Like everybody has to be uh, first and foremost concerned about their families. And I know uh, not just with Milana's heart condition, but you had an incident, an instance there uh, a year or so ago with Hudson was in a hospital for pneumonia. And that's right in the wheelhouse of where COVID yeah. attacks, like, do you guys have to take special precautions or are they both back to health where, you know, they can be quarantined and everything, but you're not like, you don't have to be like super, super vigilant given, uh, given their condition.
1: Yeah, you know, we that's the first thing we did was we called the doctor and asked, you know, just him b- battling pneumonia twice last year, kind of back-to-back, was he susceptible to this, uh, il- you know, this, this virus, and uh, they kind of assured us that it was just a really you know, rare occurrence that happened with him and that he should be good and obviously be diligent and like we would be with, with our daughter and, um, you know, we still, you know, her part of her heart condition, it does affect her lungs, so uh, we're always kind of, uh, you know, on the guard for her, but uh for the most part you know they said that they're they're healthy their immune systems which i think is a lot of, a big reason you know part of this is their immune systems they're strong so um you know to to not you know bubble wrap them but but make sure that you're doing the necessary things that we kind of always do with them you know we don't really allow them to go to too many public places like you know jungle gyms where kids are just because it's it's just not you know uh, an area that we feel like we need to set them to but uh they're uh you know they're having a lot of fun right now with with me being home and uh it's been nice that we've been able to share this as a family and you know embrace it that way you could go negative or positive and like i said i like to live my life that way and it's been a lot of fun just being home and, and being dad for a little while here
2: how about mandatory lifting for them? Is that part of the Filino?
1: Always, <laughs> always. Yeah, I got them. I'm, I'm a drill sergeant in here. Yeah, nope. right. I, I realized very quickly. I think you guys. I am not the boss in this house yeah. because my wife, my kids, then me. So uh, that's what I've learned. So, it's, uh, well, here's you know, what here's what
2: I learned. So I'm I'm moving, and so we're doing some work on this house we we bought. And my I was over with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law the other night, and my wife is talking to them about. The changes, and all of a sudden, it's and she's talking, and she says, "Well, this is my closet, this is my kitchen, this is my bedroom." And I say, "Hey man, <laughs> what, what, what did you? i heard that before." <laughs> I said, I, "I said to her, seriously, dude, did you just did somebody uh, plant the money tree?" In the backyard, you wouldn't pick that up. But where do you think the money comes from? <laughs> Who earns sure, the money? I'm
1: sure she puts you in your place after <laughs> you said that. Well,
2: well, uh. yeah, I mean, she, no, because she laughs because she knows. Wait a second. I guess it is ours. Although, yeah. to be honest with you, I, it's funny. This is, I, I'm sure you can relate to this. So she wants me to be a part of, of picking out, you know, whatever wood, uh, colors. Lamps, lights, whatever crap, you know. And all I care is that I have a garage gym for the first time in my life, and and able to watch TV. That's all I want. Could care less about anything else. I said, "Why does it matter, Carrie? Why does it matter that you are asking me to look at this stuff and actually give an opinion? Because it's not going to matter. Oh yeah, it's going to go, it's going to matter. It's going to matter." So we went to a. By appointment only, we went to a furniture store. We were the only ones in there, so any uh, COVID police out there. And I looked at a chair, and I said, I like that chair. She goes, that's great. We're not getting it. <laughs> so I said, why, why? That's when it all came out. I said, why do you? I mean, this is, this is why I don't want to waste time doing this. It doesn't yeah. matter what I say. Yeah, and, you know, Nick, you'd think as a you.
0: professional athlete, he'd be familiar with the term "right of first refusal." I think he'd be familiar with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> I think we all are in that boat with our wives. Uh, they uh, they just want to know that we're part of the process, but we can't be any more than that. Just no, part of the process. No, it,
2: well, I I call it pacifying. They want to pat. Yeah, Harry, you want that chair? Okay, sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and but I get it, you know, because I, I really, yeah. I, I, I I I don't care. I I really. Don't care. I mean, we had a new pitcher hanging up for two years before I asked her. Hey, when did we get that picture? And she actually literally said two
1: years ago.
0: <laughs> very observant. I love it. Very observant. It. Nick, we appreciate you getting up early for us today, and right. uh, stay safe with your family. Uh, all the best. We hope we see you back on the ice soon. Uh, great to talk to you, and uh, you're very gracious with your time. Thanks and so by much. By the
2: way, the quads were looking Thanks, a man. little. The quads were looking a little little weak. I don't know if you're. Oh. St- I mean, seriously, if, no, you're muscle, with, <laughs> if you're gonna walk around a neighborhood with, if you're gonna walk around a neighborhood with biker shorts, at least get some quads.
1: Hey, since <laughs> since you left, I have the biggest quads in the neighborhood, so we're good. <laughs> All right, brother. Oh, Thanks, oh, Nick. Awesome. Take so, care, thanks guys. For having me on, guys. So, great to have you. There you go. Stay safe. You Later. too,
0: Nick Felino Captain Columbus Blue Jackets.
2: I've met some great hockey players. Great guys. You you bond with hockey players. You you kind of hit it off with them uh there's a mentality mm-hmm. that i appreciate from hockey players and they're you know they're they're team guys and some of the guys that i met even when i was in detroit uh just the mm-hmm. the team aspect of it is amazing to me that's why i love hockey i i don't know the game i don't watch it a lot i watch some of the blue jackets but i love the mentality and it's always been about the team and so He's just a great guy. Columbus is lucky to have him. The Blue Jackets are lucky to have him as a captain, and it's good. He's a really good player for for a long time. And you know, he's very real when he talks. Hey, I'm in the back nine in my career. He knows it.
0: Well, the thing that uh, I appreciate about Nick is he just perfectly fits that role of a captain of a hockey team. You can hear the leadership come through uh, when he talks about the team and the league, and you can hear. Uh, how much the physical aspect of the sport means to him when he mm-hmm. talked about maybe why Christianity hasn't uh, gotten the run in hockey that it has in other sports. He's uh, just a character guy, a hardworking guy, a guy who's accountable, a guy who requires other people to be accountable, but he does it in a leadership fashion. He's not going to ask anybody to do something that he's not doing, put in work that he's not putting in. He's just been great for our city. I mean, for yeah. so long the Jackets struggled on the ice, but they, I think they really struggled too for identifiable people that uh, you just liked because of their character and because of what they stood for and the way they played the game you know so often the guys we got early on the Adam foots and the Sergey Fedorovs were also guys on the back nine of their career mm. and you knew they were here for the check they weren't here for the they weren't here to be a part of the community yeah, and immerse themselves yeah. in the community and that is that is what's special about Nick is he's a definitely a part of the community he loves Columbus and he shows that in um, so many different ways, including his charitable endeavors. So he's a guy that, uh, you know, I hope he stays here after he gets done playing because uh, he's an asset to the community in whatever role he uh, decides to play afterward. Today, uh, you might hear uh, some noise overhead. Around 1 o'clock, there's going to be a flyover, Ohio Air National Guard. Shout out to our friend Brett, uh, who was involved with the National Guard for a long time. Series of flyovers in Central Ohio honoring uh, the uh, doctors and nurses who are on the front lines. 121st Air Refueling Wing of the Air National Guard will start flyovers at 1 o'clock at Mount Carmel, St. Anne's, 102 at Riverside, 103 OSU Wexner Medical Center, 105 Nationwide Children's, and 107 Mount Carmel East. So that'll be a sight worth seeing.
2: Yeah. Good. Love it. Uh,
0: let's uh, transition to the faith portion of the podcast. I just think that uh, Nick's stories of realizing early on in his life—he talked about losing his mom and he wasn't equipped, maybe, to handle that uh, in the way that he wanted to. He, speaks his to the quote
2: was he didn't have life's tools. Yeah, which I I really like. I like that way.
0: too. Which you know our target audience are guys like us. That's what we know best are guys like us who want to be faithful, know we have responsibilities as husbands and fathers, want to do them better and have a faith that we also want to do better. And so I just thought that was uh, neat that Nick's life story sort of plays into the
2: Demographic that we're trying to reach. So here's one thing that Bruce Lee, Chris Spielman, Nick Fellino, Tom Ryan have in common. There's one word that everybody use, and one th- something that you've been working on, something that I've been talking to my kids about over the past year, because this is I finally was able to put a word on it. Nick used it today. Tom Ryan used it on uh, Monday or Friday, whenever that was. It's response. What is our response? Mm -hmm. Is is it anger? Is it disappointment? Is it to, for me, uh, when I didn't have, to quote Nick, my life's tools, uh, it was um, withdrawn. Uh, I know that I was sad and angry, and it was affecting those around me. I've learned how to respond better to certain situations for you when you fought with your response it's like dealing with criticism or critics or i'm right and you're wrong and you're never going to tell me anything pride. different mine was pride yeah, yeah it's yeah. pride and your re- your response to pride wasn't very good at points in your life just like mine was not i'm not criticizing; i'm just making no, an that's observation very, that's and, very fair and, and and same with my observation and in tom ryan had an interesting when he Tragically lost his son at five years old to a heart attack, which is insane in itself. You know what was his response? <laughs> I mean, and as we grow, and then you have to make choices. It's just uh, it's amazing when you um, how we respond to certain situations. And the best piece of advice that I can give on how to respond properly is in, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians 1, 1, 9 or something about hold each thought captive to Christ before you make a response to something. Yeah, And um, that has helped me. And it's helped. It sounds like, you know, and it's, it's not going to happen overnight. And that's why maybe I think for me, Bruce, one of the things that I've learned is, you know, that I'm a second chance and sometimes third chance guy, right? I mean, you've, I think that's been established in our relationship that you know that about me. And right now, why I am like that was validated today because when Nick was 21 or 22 years old, I'm not saying, oh, he's just a kid. He makes mistakes. But his response isn't the same as it is when he's 35 years old or 30, whatever he is. Or you're in your 50s. I'm in my 50s. The responses aren't the same. Because of our life tools, and that's why, for me, that I am more apt to say, all right, you made a mistake. Your response sucked. Are you going to learn from it? hmm And I think that's kind of how what I'm trying to do when I offer opinions and advice right now, especially to my older children. And, well, they're all older now. My youngest is 17. So Yeah. On
0: that, I think is important where we're at in this COVID thing is to think about what do you want your response to be? Is all we want to get out of this at the end to get back to normal or do we want to be better? Do we want to learn some things? Do we want to respond differently? Do we want to handle adversity better? Do we want to be better prepared for future adversity? Because future adversity is coming. I'm sure uh, Nick and his wife thought once they got through their daughter's heart issues. Okay, who you know? Now we can get on with our life, and then they're hit with a similar thing with their son. So adversity doesn't stop just because you conquer one bit of adversity. The verse you were talking about is Second Corinthians ten five. Yeah, well, we demolish. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedience to Christ. Right. Obedience to Christ. So in other words. You know, there are a lot of things that you know we might be inclined to do or there might be um, a thought process out there, an approach out there that if you really look at it, you can say, is this a godly perspective? Is this, you know, like for instance me, firing back on Twitter, is that a godly perspective? No. Well, I need to take that thought captive to Christ and try to filter it through that prism and mm-hmm. say, can I communicate some of what I'm trying to say in a dispassionate, even keeled way, and we talked about the tweet to the governor of New York when he said every life's priceless, and I said, "Now do abortion," instead of saying, "I agree with you, every life is price is priceless." I think every Precious unborn, I priceless? think every unborn life is priceless, and I hope that this indicates that you're moving closer to that position. Because mm-hmm. that's what I. There's nothing, you know. It's the same thought. It's just expressed much more kindly in the second instance than the first.
2: Well, I have a a friend in Arizona who's really afraid of COVID. Mm -hmm. Really afraid. Mm -hmm. And his thought process is because of the elderly, because he has elderly parents. Mm -hmm. And anybody that doesn't wear a mask is a selfish SOB Hmm. in his eyes, right? But his a lot of his thinking, and he reads a lot, very bright, smart guy, Mm -hmm. but it's coming from a personal point of view of how to protect what I love most. So that's where his response has been. Yeah. My response has been I was all good and all for it and locked down and everybody do their part. But eventually when the non-COVID deaths, which are because of a lockdown are going to surpass, in many cases probably have surpassed, the COVID deaths, then we have a problem. Then we have to, I think, learn to live and understand that we're, COVID is here, accept that reality and learn to live with that risk without stopping living and, and not just exist, but to live.
0: I'm with you, 100%. Uh, we hope you'll patronize our coffee sponsor, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. You can order online, hemispherecoffeeroasters.com. We got a shout out earlier in the podcast from one of our listeners who says he's become a regular monthly customer of Hemisphere. You know what? I've honestly, and the other day I uh, commiserated with uh, Stan at Willis Spangler Starling. I'm like, how was the coffee? He goes, oh, my coffee's a huge hit. Honestly, I've never talked to anybody who said, it's just okay or I don't like it or. I've Mm. never talked to anybody where the response hasn't been, wow, this is phenomenal. And you're a tough customer, and you like it. And there are many different blends. Uh, They buy direct from the grower in Thailand, in Nicaragua, in Indonesia. They'll roast it to order uh, light, medium, and dark roast. However you like it. they got a million different flavors. I want to try one that has a little uh, coconut in it at some point, because I like coconut. I love coconut. I'm not, as I said, I'm not a coffee drinker, but uh, Paul has made me – Three different coffees when I've been over there, and I've loved every one. The last one was an iced latte. Yeah, was an iced latte. Doesn't count as coffee. It doesn't. A
2: latte is not coffee. Well, I don't know. It tastes pretty good A latte is to me. a latte.
0: Okay. Well, I liked it. So HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Use a promo code. We tackle life in all I liked caps. it. A latte. A lot. There you go. Today. Oh, very, uh, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> you're so clever so uh yeah use the promo code we tackle life in all caps and you'll get 15% off or in the comment section say I don't need my discount I want you to donate it back to COVID-19 relief on Friday we will draw three names $250 each I thought we'd draw four names but oh four names I'm sorry are we done I was going to share something oh we are not done. I thought you were. I thought you had shared already, so I'm more no, than happy well, to allow you I, to share some more. I'll tell the orchestra to put it on hold there. <laughs> so, yeah, so Friday, get your nominations in, podcast at gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com.
2: Um, this was sent to me this morning. There are times in this life when one of these nine statements apply to each one of us. So let them now be reminders that minister to us. Okay,
0: so nine things so we got to listen for the one that applies to us so probably yeah. be
2: six of them that will okay. apply to moments me. moments in life it's called moments in life okay uh, there are moments in life when you miss someone so much that you just want to pick them from your dreams and hug them for real so cherish them while they are with you you ever had that indeed yeah i had mother's it with, day I had. I had that with my dad the other day yeah crazy when the door of happiness closes another door opens but oftentimes we look so long At the closed door that we don't see the one which has been opened for us. You ever experienced that? Yes, I have. (laughs) I think you're all nine
0: of these are. I'm starting to get a vibe here. I might go nine for
2: nine. This is this is good. Don't go for looks. They can deceive. Don't go for wealth. Even that fades away. Go for someone who makes you smile because it takes only a smile to make a dark day seem bright. Find the one that makes your heart smile. I think you've found that. I have found that. And I have found it twice by God's grace. Dream what you want to dream. Go where you want to go. Be what you want to be because you have only one life and one chance to do all the things you want to do. Yeah, I've done that. I'm not a great dreamer. Yeah.
0: I I need to be better at envisioning. And the other thing is like I, I hear people say that they pray
2: for specifics.
0: You know, I don't really do that. I pray for other people and situations they have. And I wonder if I. Bet you
2: pray for other people specifically.
0: I do for their specific yes. needs, <laughs> but I don't pray like, Hey, I'm, I, I pray. I pray generally for myself.
2: I don't, I, I get like, I big.
0: Gotta, I, give me a big idea that'll serve you, that I'll have the humility to give you the credit for. So that's kind of a wide berth to give
2: God room to work. Well, this is, I know is true for both of us. Number five, May you have enough happiness to make you sweet, enough trials to make you strong, enough sorrow to keep you human, and enough hope to make you happy. It's a fine line, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a fine line. And that's it's, a, it's an amazing, but you think back, some of the trials that I've had have mm. given me, as Nick said, life's tools to deal with future trials that are coming and will continue to come throughout our lifetime. Mm-hmm. The happiest of people don't necessarily have the best of everything. They just make the most of everything that comes along their way. I think you do a great job of that. Mm, Thank you. Um, I can get better at that. I'm not very good at that, by the way. I think you're not as bad at it as you think. Well, I, I just think I can be better. The brightest future will always be based on a forgotten past. You can't go forward in life until you let go of your past failures and heartache. That is true, and I don't do a very good job of that at all. That is very true, and I think for all competitors, and you're a competitor by nature, uh, plus, you know, you're a two time state champion, as we're (laughs) always reminded of. By you. No. You just look at me and you say, two time state champion. But I think that um, I really struggled with this. This is something that is a burden that i carry and it's kind of the sh- end of the schindler's list movie thing mm-hmm. where i could have done They're this like why didn't i do this why didn't i do that uh and letting go of heartache it's hard and i think i passed some of that on to some of my kids and i'm trying to get them to let it go where i sent that verse out the other day and or even tweeted out where uh what Regret looks or regret looks backward. Worry looks around. Faith looks forward, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. I do. When you were born, you were crying, and everyone around you was smiling. So live your life. Uh, so live your life. So at the end, you're the one who is smiling, and everyone around you is crying. Well, hopefully, not everyone's yeah, smiling when you die. Yeah, I don't. But I don't want them crying either.
0: I don't really either. I want them to be like,
2: no, oh, he. Mm-hmm. he We'll miss him. Yeah. He lived a good life. He fulfilled this mission and vision. And purpose. I guess that that to me that says don't be afraid to die. Yeah. Um, the all-time quote: What are you going to threaten me with? Heaven? <laughs> I mean, everybody's want. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. It's true. Don't count. <laughs> it's true on my count. Don't count the years. Count the memories. Life, Bruce, is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but the moments that take our breath away. You had those moments? Sure. First
0: time I saw my wife,
2: she took. first time breath I away. saw her picture, she took my breath away. It's like,
0: wow. Really?
2: Yeah. Did she say that about you?
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would she?
2: <laughs> no. Well, did you have your- Thankfully,
0: women aren't physical creatures like men are.
2: We are physical creatures. Men are physical
0: creatures, yes.
2: Um. Absolutely. I- did you have your Letterman jacket on, West Liberty Salem? I did not. With the Two-time state champion. I did not. you still have that? Yes, I do. <laughs> of course you do. Why would I not? What a shock! Why would I throw it away? What is? You shocker. don't have yours? You're talking to a guy that sold his Big Ten championship ring. It's true. <laughs> true. We should have put up the West Liberty Salem two-time state champion cross country Letterman we jacket.
0: Could do that. Bring a buck or two. <laughs> <It> might fall <laughs> apart. It's right in that closet, I think. <laughs>
2: You crush me every time. <laughs> I don't crush you. I'm envious of you. Can't I, you not see the envy? You're not envious. I am envious. I you, was not. You would uh, like to have won a state championship. I would have liked I mean, to have won. I didn't. Yeah. You won, too, as you quickly point out. But I was just a role player. I was just a guy. You weren't a role player. You had to finish fourth for your team to win the state championship. I was a role player. Were you fourth on your team? Fourth on your on team. team, yeah.
0: Fifth really? one year, fourth the next. or Maybe it was fifth both years. I don't no you were fourth you' uh, i think I was I, don't, I think I was fifth I think I was fifth both, both times years. yeah senior year I had a terrible race why what it should have been second I was second in the district second what it could have should have why why'd you have on game day it was game day peaked too early choked got everybody fired up <laughs> cramped up didn't do the sit-ups Prepare, preparation, kids. <gasps> Did you
2: just hear what I read about not looking back? <laughs> I told you I struggle with it. You
0: brought it up just so I'd prove it, didn't you? Oh, you're funny. You're funny. Yeah, funny guy. Funny. All right. Well, listen. That'll do it for a Wednesday edition of the Spielman and Huli Wee Tag Alive Life podcast. Okay, if I cue the orchestra now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Get fantastic. ready, boys. Get and those gals. nominations in because when we meet again, we will draw four names. For $250 in COVID-19 relief, it's silly to not nominate someone because when I heard the number 30-some million unemployed and uh, as one who's soon to be one of them but not counted among them because I'm self-employed, I don't count. There are a lot of people who are self-employed. So I'm like all the people who own their own businesses, not the people who work at the businesses, but the owners of the businesses, if their business goes out of business, they'll count. Yeah. I mean, they won't count. Because you're self-employed, you don't pay into the system. Uh, I don't understand why. I just know know unemployment's like a pittance anyway, but you don't care. So there are a lot of people. Help them, nominate
2: them. My last piece of advice, choose to live, not
0: exist. Amen to that. Let's play soccer. Let's play football. Let's play sports. Let's get back to it. Everybody have a great week. Talk to you Friday.